Hello, welcome, welcome back. Another week, another episode of Send Him Off. My name is Sam, and joining me, as always, is my ever-present podcasting partner, Alex. How you doing, mate? Oh, mate, I'm all right. I'm shattered, but it's good to be recording again. It's good to be back recording. It feels like ages since the last time we did. I know. It actually hasn't, is it? It's, yeah, I know. It's only been a week, but we are not alone. Once again, second week in a row, we are not alone. No, we're Sam, not. We have think? a guest with us. We've got uh, actor, writer, and author. And also founder of the Crystal Palace uh, Supporters Trust, Jim Piddock. How are you doing, Jim? Thank you very much for joining us. I'm good, thanks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was a while ago, that Supporters Trust thing. Um, yeah, it was 1999, I think we founded it. Well, wow. I think there was a piece, like, as we're recording now, there was a piece done on you. So I've been told, I, I did have a little look on, on BBC um, BBC News, I think, or BBC Sport or something this week. Yes, it, well, there was a piece. I did the Loro's predictions thing where I uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. up against, and he had his best result he's ever had in his life. I think <laughs> he just got really lucky or he cheated off me and then... It must have, must have been luck. That's all it was. Uh, yeah, he trounced me and I got five right. I got five out of ten right, I think. So that's not a bad. That's not a bad yeah, score. It's, 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 it's not, not bad, bad at all. Bad I, 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 uh, I think in the table, I'm just above relegation zone. So a bit, bit like Palace, really. Well, um, as Swansea fans, we know all about that as well. Don't yeah, worry. <laughs> exactly. There you go. No, it's um, yeah. I can't believe he scored. I mean, it was, he was it's generally rubbish, and he trounced me. So I was humiliated. He, has he predicted a, a Liverpool loss yet? Because there was a stat where for the last <laughs> yeah, four or I, five I, years, I it, it was well. about four or five years, I think, where he just hadn't predicted a Liverpool loss once. Wow. So wow. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, before we dive in, I uh, just want to get your thoughts on Palace's season so far. Um, as a neutral, an outsider, you guys seem to be doing pretty well. Giant killers, really. Um, what are yeah. your thoughts? I think that this was always going to be a transition season, you know, from Roy Hodgson to Patrick Vieira, from a very, very the oldest team in the Premier League, average-wise, uh, to to a much, much younger team. And um, full credit, I mean, I said to Steve Parrish at the beginning of the season, I said, if we get 44 points, that's a great season. It's a great transition season. <laughs> and we've, we'll probably exceed that. And we'll, we're definitely on target for that, I would say at least. Um, I think it's been a fantastic season, <clears throat> primarily because the football has been so exciting to watch. So even when we've lost and given away points in the last few minutes of games, which we've done a lot, um, it's been just great to watch. You know, it, it was um, Roy, Roy Hodgson did a fantastic job of stabilising the ship, but we, we got into a bit of a sort of rut of, of um, survival football. And... Um, and I think that this just brought a fresh energy in. And, and obviously, he, he, Patrick was supported by Dougie Friedman and, and, and Steve Parrish with, with some great new buys. I mean, you'd have to look at what went on last summer and compare clubs in the Premier League. And you'd have to say Palace did, did, came out the best. I mean, I think we spent 50 million roughly. And you know, we spent and we got so many good players. I mean, our, our two centre-backs who have been superb and are both very young. Um, well, Anderson's you know, 24 or whatever, maybe a bit more. But 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 Mark Gay, and we spent, you know, way less than Arsenal spent on Ben White. So so that was an incredible piece of business. And I mean, a Michael Elise for 8 million is a joke. I mean, that's just yeah. steal. Um, and then even Will Hughes, you know, coming from, from Watford. Um, so it's uh, 
it's been a, it was a really great summer and even before that bringing in Eberet Chiesa from QPR so I think you know full credit to Dougie Friedman who certainly knows how to spot a player and and to Patrick for being able to persuade them to come to Palace you know um so so it's been a really good transition season and I think if we can keep building on what we've done this year and add to the squad a bit there's going to be a few kind of personnel changes in the summer because players are out of contract I think it, it's it, it's the rosiest looking future I ever remember for the club. Absolutely, you've been really spot on. We, you know, our our year. Well, I was pitching a little bit of Mark Gurry. Yeah, when you, we were like, we fans. knew as soon as you as soon as you crossed over the border to England to go and play for you know you for Crystal Palace, we knew we'd be a success. I didn't yeah. think he'd get into the England team this soon. I'll be honest, we all knew we was going to get into the England team. We didn't think it'd be this soon, but yeah. is that Mark Gay or Gallagher? Uh, no, Mark Even even honest. Conor Gallagher though. Yeah. Even Conor Gallagher, superb. Yeah, I mean, what a loan signing that's been. I mean, yeah, Christ. that's the problem though. Is you fall in love with loan signings, you, you no, get your heart we, heart are, we know all about that. Yeah. We know all about that. Yeah. But no, right? Should we get into it? We shall. Uh, so we'll start. Uh, what football means to me today with uh, some quick fire questions. So we want from you, Jim. We want something old, something new something borrowed and something blue. So first of all, something old, your favourite retired football player, please. Well, I think the best player to ever play for Crystal Palace was Ian Wright. Um, Mark Bright will kill me for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's heard me say it before. Uh, the two of them were sensational. And, and, and it, you know, it, it's a bit like uh, me and Fred Willard in Best in Show. You don't, you, you know, the funny guy can't be funny without the straight man. So uh, I, I would say that Mark was grotesquely underrated because he was such a great player for us. But I, I still think just on pure raw talent and um, flair, uh, he would edge out Wilfred Zaha for me, Ian Wright. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. And, 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 um, and Wilfred's not old, so he doesn't compete in this category anyway. No, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, well, moving on to uh, Moving on to something new. Your favourite current football player. Favourite current player, yeah. Um, I, 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 again, this is like... Fall in love with the with the with the lone player. I, I think Conor Gallagher has been an absolute revelation. I mean, I love Wilf, and he's been brilliant for Palace, but but he's not new. He's he's now he's almost a vet, he is a veteran. He's thirty this year, I think. Um, so I'd say Conor Gallagher for me. Uh, if we're talking about football and Crystal Palace, Conor Gallagher has been an absolute sensation this year. I have a feeling that's going to lead us nicely yeah. on to something borrowed, which is your favourite lone player. player. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, <laughs> all right, let the second answer. Uh, we will allow okay. Wilf if you want our Wilfred Zaha or something new. It is. We'll, we'll, switch, we'll, we'll switch Wilf and now put 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 uh, put, put, put um, Conor Gallagher in the favourite loan player borrowed. Yeah, he's borrowed. Yeah, he is. He is. Do you reckon you're getting back? Well, you know year? what? You know what? Who qualify? Although he's now not borrowed, but he was borrowed at the beginning of the season, so it counts. Is Jean-Philippe Mateta. Mateta, yes. Okay, yes. there we are. That's a great little signing that was. Yeah, it is. Yeah, great little. So signing. he he's he was borrowed. Hmm. Um, something made in your own. Maybe Gallagher will be next oh. year. Who knows? Oh Who God, knows? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> uh, finally, something blue. So the player you were sad to see leave the club. Well, again, you know, is if it's going back historically. Um, you can go back as far as you like. It doesn't matter, however far you like. Yeah, um, <laughs> I would say, I would say, um, 
I would say losing Ian Wright to, mm. to Arsenal was 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 probably the um, the toughest the toughest one to swallow. I mean, we lost players in administration um, for a song. I mean, Jose Font, who's gone on, he's playing. I think he's almost forty and still playing at top level in France. That was a hell of a loss because he's a terrific player. Um, and we lost Victor Moses during administration. But yeah, I would say that the thing that upset the apple cart the most was probably Ian going to righty going to to Arsenal. Yeah. Strong start. Strong yeah, start. Very, let's, very uh, strong. Let's get right, into the main the questions. Thing. Yeah, this is the big one. Right. So the first question, we got 10 questions to The first one, earliest football memory. What was your earliest football memory? Um, the World Cup, 66. I, okay. I wasn't really that into football until I was 10 years old. I'd played a little bit at school. Um, I think we started playing when we were eight. I don't know why it was that late, but um, started playing when I was eight. And I was, you know, I wasn't really into football. And then the World Cup happened in 66. And I watched it from the beginning, England's first game against Uruguay, nil-nil. And I'm trying to remember if it was if our TV was black and white. It's quite possible it was all in black and white. Um, and I just completely fell in love with football during the course of that World Cup. And obviously, England winning it was was a, amazing. Uh, and, and I'll make a confession to you here. Right after that, I decided to support Manchester United because Oof. Bobby Charlton and their George Best and Dennis Law at that point. And um, I supported them for about six months. And then I thought, this is ridiculous. <laughs> um, I want to support a team that I can go see and that's near. So I had a choice between Palace, um, Millwall or Charlton, really. And Palace won out. And here we are. Yeah, exactly. All are. these years later. And here we Palace are. What, the chest. Let's, let's figure out how many years that is. God, that's... Uh, well, I was thinking, what, eight, you were eight years old in 66. Uh, I was ten years old in '66. Ten years old, fifty. So I think I I really probably supported Palace from yeah from from '60 '68 actually probably it was a like really commit '67 '68. So yeah, that's God, that's fifty fifty seven years or something. Like that. Christ, I'm old. Christ, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're gonna I get through these. I bet you're we're gonna get through these fifty so years now. Yeah, we're gonna get yeah. through them. Um. Question two, what has been the biggest high of your time as a football fan? The biggest? The biggest, biggest high, high, the best moment. Um, wow. Uh, I wasn't there, but the, a lot of Palace fans would say beating Liverpool 4-3 in the semi-final in 1990 because we'd lost 9-0 to the murder in the season. And then we were supposed to get trounced by them again in the semi-final. And, um, and we came from behind to, to win in it's the most amazing game and if you if you've never watched it find it the 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 semi-final palace liverpool uh 4-3 i mean unbelievable game um so that would be a high but the the, the high for me was uh 2013 the playoff final when kevin phillips scored the the winner of the penalty because i i knew the owners very well by then and um they were friends, the chairman and Steve Parrish and Steve Browett, Martin Long and, and Jeremy Hoskin. And they were four Palace fans and, and, and they invested, you know, I think three million each in the, to get the club and the, the stadium. And, and we'd almost gone down to League One, uh, Division One or whatever it was called now. It's, and, then, and then the championship 
we got into the playoffs and, and um, I just knew how much it meant because it was basically a 120 million windfall if we won that game. It would transfer the club's future, regardless of whether we stayed in the Premier League or not. It would transform the future of the club. And um, that that game, I was it was just so nerve wracking. And um, uh, I was actually sitting with with Eddie Izzard, who's a, a big Palace fan too. And uh, it was just it was almost impossible to watch after we'd gone one nil up in extra time. And that last fifteen, whatever it was, twenty minutes of hanging on to that one nil lead with Joel Ward heading off the line in the last few seconds. I mean, I, I literally went into a cardiac a double rhythm and I had, to, I had to have an ablation operation about a few months later. Really? I, I was just, yeah, I mean, it wasn't just from that game. It was something that happened now and again. I was thinking, whoa, but, this guy loves I was literally just, I couldn't believe it. And, and I was crying at the end of it because it was so emotional, having gone through everything that I've gone through as a Palace fan. And I just knew that that was, it was the turning point. And it was. And the fact that we've stayed in the Premier League since then is staggering to me. Nine seasons. And um, and looking, obviously, I think we'll stay up this year, which is something I never usually say on April the 14th <laughs> of any year. Obviously, we'll stay up this year. I'm usually like, I think we might have a chance now or um, whatever. So, yeah, that was, that was the, that moment at Wembley. And then I was fortunate enough to be invited to the players' party afterwards in a hotel in London. And um, I, I do remember quite a lot of it, even though I was extremely drunk. Um, <laughs> my nephew came with me and I, I remember, you know, holding the championship thing and just, it, it was it was an amazing, amazing high. And, and well, just well. wandering through the streets of London afterwards, you know, at two in the morning or whatever, and people still celebrating. I gotta be honest, right? We've had quite a number of people, you know, from within the world of football come and do this with us. And I think your football in height is probably the winner so far. Yeah, like yours is probably one of the best ones we've had. Oh, well, it's, it's modest compared to some people's. You know, it's not winning the European uh, the Champions League or whatever, or the FA Cup, which we've been so close to. Um, but but that was just absolutely the, the, the height. That's a good one. But uh, will your lowest point be, Sam? Go on. Yeah, was it my question? Uh, no, it's yours, no, isn't it? Yeah. It's my question. Yeah, go on then. We've had your highest point. So will your lowest point be as impressive? Um, the season where we got relegated with 40-something points, I think it's still a record, the most number of points. Um, I think there were two more teams in the... I think it was 22 teams in the... I don't even know if it was the Premier League by then. And we were nine... Three games left, and we were nine points clear of Oldham. And they obviously had to win all their three games, and we had to lose our three games. And that's what happened. And the players had done a victory lap with three games to go because they thought they were safe. A victory lap. I mean, how, looking in hindsight, that has to be the stupidest thing the Palace team has ever done. A victory lap. And then uh, three games later, uh, we lost. Uh, in the last game of the season, we lost at Arsenal. Uh, I think Ian Wright scored against us. And, um, and we were relegated against all odds on goal difference with a record number of points. So that had to be an incredible low. And then I think we were, there's another season when we were relegated in the last game of the season, playing away at Charlton, who are local rivals. And they scored, I think, right near the end. I mean, it was really, really in the last couple of minutes. And that sent us down. So that, well, that was pretty tough to take too. 
Football's a cruel yeah. sport. It? it is. It is a very. It is a I was going to say sport. that. It really is a cruel sport. Um. Oh. So, Jim, uh, I imagine you've been to Selhurst Park uh, a fair few times, but uh, yeah. we want to know what your best away day has been. Gosh, best away day. Um, no holds well, barred. Yeah, you can say whatever. One of the best, it. actually. One of the best just that instantly jumps to mind. I mean, I've seen some fantastic wins um, at Manchester United. Very recently, we, we won. And that was an amazing day to actually go to Old Trafford and see us beat Manchester United. That was only a couple of seasons ago. That was damn good. But, but the one that just really jumps out at me because it was such an extraordinary game, was away at Leicester, the old Filbert Street. And I, I hadn't seen Palace for a long while. And it was just after the Wright and Bright combination had come together. And Ian Wright was injured, I think. And so it was the first time I'd seen Mark Bright play. And, um, and it was away at Leicester. And I remember sitting, I went up on my own and sitting in the Palace section. And, and I was saying, God, that, that Mark Bright looks really good. And he said, wait till you see the other one with him. You know, he, he's... You know, and it was an amazing game. It ended up 4-4. It was a 4-4 draw. And I just remember it being a fantastic, fantastic um, game, you know. Um, so that's a tough one, I would say. Uh, that, that jumped out at me immediately. But, you know, I don't know whether that trumps uh, winning at, at Old Trafford, I don't know. Well, we of, take them all. We choices, take them all. You know, yeah, I'm giving you, like, I'm not like, I'm yeah. not committing to one or the other. I'm, I'm I'm offering options, um, but that's that's the uh, yeah. These are great Sitting stories the as well. These are they fantastic are. stories. It. I love them. I'll, uh, your favorite question, this is. Yes, right. So, what is on? I suppose by now you've probably done quite a bit and been around, you know, football and done all sorts of things. But what is, if there is anything left, on your football bucket list? Wow. Well, I've scored a goal at Selhurst Park against right. uh, against a Crystal Palace goalkeeper, former goalkeeper. So that's gone. That's that was Can't that's the time that I had to hang up my boots. I was already in my sixties then, so I had to hang up my boots. Um, God, my favorite. What was the question again? What? <laughs> <laughs> what I got, I got lost in. You got you just enjoying the warmer so, so much. Yeah, was, what is completely. on your football bucket list? From right now, bucket list. That's if right. If there's so, anything yeah. left, if there is any, if there's nothing left, say there's. Oh, absolutely! Left, Listen, absolutely. Palace winning a major trophy, no question. Yeah. No question. Okay. If we won won the FA Cup, that would be uh, fantastic. If we won the Premier League, that would be unrealistic. Uh, if we won the <laughs> Champions League, that would be even more unrealistic. And I'd have to probably live to be a thousand. But um, yeah, so, uh, winning a major trophy, uh, as, as opposed to the Zenith Data Systems. Trophy, which we have in our cabinet. Does the FA Cup, just quickly, because you mentioned that, staying on this um, question, does the FA Cup still hold any sort of like, hold any weight for clubs like Swansea, Crystal Palace, you know, Sunderland? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. it holds more weight for clubs like Crystal Palace and Swansea than it does I for agree. Manchester United or Arsenal or Chelsea. Absolutely. I mean, for them, it's just another piece of silverware. I, I think it's, it, it's the one possibly attainable major trophy that that a club outside the top six can get. And, and, and that's even debatable now, you know, I mean, obviously Wigan did it relatively recently. Leicester won the league in freakiest of seasons ever. So yeah, it can be done, but I think, I think the FA Cup's clearly left, uh, lost some of its luster. There's no question. Mm. 
and, yeah. and, and it will I think they need to scrap the League Cup immediately because it just that I think devalued it from the start many years ago and now all the Champions League and the European stuff and this and that has devalued it further but I think that to have one major cup competition is is enough we're the only country in Europe I think that has two and I just feel the League Cup really is kind of that that is kind of almost sad watching those games in half empty stadiums if you're lucky quarter you know full uh, and teams playing their, their their reserves you know Premier League teams playing the whole, none, none of the regular starters and what I, I just feel like that's a waste of time but maybe you'd argue you know as a Swansea fan or, or um, for lower league fans that that's you know elitism getting rid of the the league cup but it doesn't doesn't do anything for me it never did to be honest it never really did anything for me. Well, obviously, the League Cup gave us a yeah, major trophy, it, didn't it? In it gave, and not only that, it gave us a place in in the Europa yeah. League. So yeah, but now, then. but now you've got it. Let's shut out the others. You know, you've got it. You've got, that. <laughs> yeah. you've got that one in the bag. Well, that, yeah, which we can slip out of our pocket. That was yeah. before Man City won it every year. I know Liverpool yeah. won it exactly. this year, but and now know. we can scrap it. Now you've got that to claim. Yeah. You've got it now, now. We've got, got it. it. Get rid. Yeah. Get rid. I agree. Done our thing now. There was a time where Birmingham won it a couple of years before us, didn't they? And you know, there was a time where the League Cup was this one was this competition where a few of the you know Spurs won it. That's their last yeah. trophy, you know. So no, I remember before long before your time when when Swindon beat Arsenal in um, the final um, with Don Rogers, who ended up at Palace. That was the first time that you went, holy crap! You know, that was a third. They were third division and, and uh, Arsenal were first division and top. You know, one of the best first division teams. And and that was a incredible. As a as I can't even remember how old I was, but that was the first time we went. Oh, this can actually happen. It wasn't just like an early round. They won the, the yeah, league yeah. cup. Yeah. Um, next question is my right. favorite. It's Sam's um, favorite it's question. A, now. It's a double header. So, firstly, who or what is your football guilty pleasure? And then, secondly, who or what would you, if you had the chance? Put in room one hundred one football room one hundred one and banish it forever. Guilty pleasure. Hmm. This could be anything from VAR to um, the halftime stuff that whatever people do, or I think. Something yeah, I'll tell you, my thing. guilty pleasure is is going to watch uh, teams, sort of lower league teams that I don't normally get to see. Okay. Um, actually, I like going to under twenty three games. Palace under twenty three games. I really enjoy that. It's I I I, I find that less stressful. Um, but I I like I I have a place in Fulham, and I I I always hope that Fulham and and Brentford don't get promoted because I loved going to see uh, them. You're going to start him off now. I know, but but they're both going to be in the Premier League next year. Mm. Um, and that's sort of like that. Then it's not it's not fun for me, and it's it's also it's harder to get tickets. But I used to stroll along to Fulham or, or Brentford and just go and watch games, you know, when Palace weren't playing or whatever, and, and that's fun. And I've I've, I've travelled across to watch Orient now and again, so that's a guilty pleasure um, of watching watching teams I don't support and enjoying the game with no stress. And that's not the, a bad idea, though, to be honest. Oh, I love watching. You know, I I. I I think as a neutral, watching football is far more enjoyable. I mean, I have a friend who says he, he's as older than me and he's a lifelong Palace season ticket fan. And he leaves if Palace are 1-0 up. He leaves the stadium and, and, and comes back after the end of the game. He can't stand it. 
he says he, he actually hates watching Palace because it's so stressful. And he's convinced he's going to draw his last breath watching Palace because it's too stressful and his heart will not survive it. So if, if we get 1-0 up, I know, wherever I am in the world, that, that my friend James is walking around Thornton Heath or Norwood uh, Ponds somewhere, <laughs> just checking his phone every so often because he cannot stand the stress of being in the stadium. I mean, the amount of money that he must have wasted on his season ticket is insane. I was going to say, because there must have been games where Palace have gone one up, you know, within the first 10 minutes. Well, well I think I think it's if they're one up by half-time, then he's Oh, right, gone. okay, okay. So, so, uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, he, he's gone. I remember the playoff final at Cardiff when we beat West Ham. Uh, we went 1-0 up and um, I turned around and he'd gone. He was in the concourse, pacing up and down in the concourse. Everybody else was there, uh, you know, all my friends, we got a whole group of us are gone, but James was gone. He's also someone that bets against Palace. He bets because it's an insurance, <laughs> it's an emotional insurance scheme. So he yeah. always puts money. And if this they season win, he's said, exactly. yeah, exactly, if they win. If they lose, he's got money. Exactly. exactly. So, there we are. so he said he's actually lost quite a lot this season and he's thrilled. <laughs> Anyway, that, was, that that didn't answer my question. The question, your question about one hundred and one. Um, God, it's easy. It would be easy to say VAR. We've had that. I, I would like. To, I would like to see VAR used more sparingly. I mean, I don't think. I think it's being abused. You know, in cricket, those replays are really fun and exciting, and they're so crystal clear. There's no doubt. You know, I think they've got to. They've got to figure out how to stop having people offside on a fingernail and things like that. It, it, it's really annoying. And it, and in it, football, it stops the flow of the game and you can't celebrate goals. Given a choice to keep VAR or get rid of it, if it, if it was a binary choice, no VAR or VAR, I'd say scrap VAR. Just simply because I think for every time they justice is done, um, it, it, it's actually harmed the game in another way. And by the way, I don't think, I think it all evens out. Referees error, human yeah. error, it generally evens out. You can get seasons when you're more unlucky and referees screw up and then other seasons where, they, where you get the benefit. But it's the same with VAR. You know, you get seasons when you get the, the, all the decisions go against you and you're like, how, how could you have made that decision? I mean, some of the penalty decisions are baffling. They're absolutely baffling. And the referee has made the right call. And then the VAR over, you know, asks him to, himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he goes and looks at the monitor and overrules himself when he shouldn't yeah. have. Actually, no. his first decision was correct. So given that choice, I would say a binary choice, given that I've been less than committed on a lot of your, my answers and giving you all <laughs> A's or B choices, I would say VAR. So that, that you put that in rule 101. Yeah. Oh, well, hang on. I'm going to give you another choice. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. I'm going to have moronic football hooliganism in its... What I hate it. I hate it. Okay. I hate it. I hate that more than people hate other teams. I, I can't stand it. it it's, it's moronic to me. And um, it always has been. Um, oh, I'm going to give you another one. Racism and homophobia. <laughs> Let's get there rid of all that crap. Yeah. Uh, but I, I still think some of football fans and, and even players have, are still in the dark ages and, and we've got to stop that. We've got to stop and football needs to lead the way. And I, I'm hoping that a football player 
I mean, we, I think we're getting a handle on the racism in, 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 in Britain, but it still, it still rears its ugly head now and again. Um, the, the homophobic thing, I, I think, is not under control yet. I think it's, it's still an issue. And, and I think that most players are now totally comfortable if someone were to come out as gay in their, in their change room and stuff. And I think it's, I think that's important to, to, to get rid of all those ridiculous, I mean, Palace, you know, had homophobic chants about Brighton and it, it, it just, it's, it's wrong. It's wrong on all levels. Um, and, and Robbie Rogers, who is an American football, I, I thought was so courageous. And it's easy for me to say, because I'm not gay and I'm heterosexual, but it was so, it was easy for me to say, that's brilliant that when he came out openly and played for LA Galaxy as a as an openly gay player and when he first signed I was there in his first game and it was really moving he got a standing ovation yeah. and he and 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 he always always had the support of, of Galaxy fans and I think that British UK fans have got to come out of the dark ages and I've answered this question now three, four different ways. So. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. They you're also good answers. You're getting your money's you're getting your money's worth yeah. anyway. Exactly. You're getting your money's worth. Exactly. There's there's plenty of room in in, uh, in room one hundred and one. Alex, yeah. you want to take um, away with right, that? Right. Yeah. My turn. Um, so question number seven. Very general question. What does the game mean to you? It's it it's been a best friend. My, my whole life since I fell in love with football, it's been a best friend. Yeah. It's been absolutely. my best friend, you know. Uh, and, uh, and baseball, when I first moved to the States, uh, which was a long time ago, 40-something years ago, that became a friend too. It didn't become my best friend, but it became a very good friend. Um, you know, I, I, I've sort of made changes in my life where I've been sort of fairly solitary and started anew in a new city on my own. And... Um, and, and it was always a fallback. I played football till, till I still do now and again. And that was always a good friend. But, but but being able to go and sit and watch football when I was a teenager, escape from all the problems I had uh, at you know university at school or whatever, and just just go and watch football, it, it became like a friend. Yeah. One answer exactly. Yeah, that, that's my favorite answer we've had yeah. on that question. Me too. Um, two left. I'm going to skip question eight. I'll, we run out of time. Um, question nine, then. Who do you think, Jim, will win the Premier League this season? Um, it's just one of two, isn't it? <laughs> toss, a co- toss a coin. Yeah, um, exactly. Red or blue? I, I think I think Liverpool are the more exciting. To they looked better to me, so I'll go with Liverpool. Um, I haven't even looked at what their run-ins are like, what their the last run-ins. But um, so I think given my history of predictions, football predictions recently, I'd say, I'll say Liverpool. And if you're a betting person, put money on Man City. <laughs> there we are then. You're different. Are. Here are you first. From the horse's mouth. Uh, final question, number 10. Of all the memories we've spoken about, absolutely everything we've been through, what is your favourite football memory? Well, just, absolutely everything. Just probably be repeating myself, um, but I'll give you just a different answer for a different answer. Um, <laughs> on, in 19, 1969, um, Palace got promoted to the first division, what was then the first for the first time ever in their history. 
And I went with my, um, uh, my best friend from school and my aunt uh, took us, because uh, I think we had to get permission to, I was at a boarding school to leave school. And um, I just remember standing on the terraces and uh, it was an incredible experience. And I've got pictures from that day and there isn't a blade of grass on the pitch. It was just, <laughs> really? In those days, just by the end of the season, it was just completely brown. And <laughs> I've got pictures, I think, where there's literally one person left in the stadium cleaning up. I stayed that long to savour the memory. Really? And the players, or the there was a pitch invasion, everyone came on and the players threw their, you know, shirts and stuff from the director's box area. And in those days, there was one stand and it was three sides that were all open, you know, terracing. And um, yeah, just I'm just giving you, because that Wembley thing in 2013 I told you about was obviously a huge one. But 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 to give you a different answer, that was so impactful for me as, as a... Uh, Must yeah, have been huge. Yeah, pre-teen. I thought, I thought you were going to say you stayed and like you were there and you got a picture with the one blade of grass that was actually on the field. I thought <laughs> that was what you were going to say. No, I've, uh, I've just no. got these terrible old pictures that 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 uh, but but they're great of that day and i uh, at the empty stadium um and we were the last to leave i think that, that so that that would be that would be an amazing memory yeah amazing what a way to end it what a way to end it jim it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today um, thank, you. thank you so much for joining us um I believe you've got a book out. If you uh, if you'd like to, I will. I'll give. It, I'll do a quick book promo. It's uh, it's been number one, you know, on Amazon on movie yeah, industry ooh, books. There we are. Here it is. There we go. And with my pants down. And other tales from a life in Hollywood. It's uh, it's a humor book. Um, it's a humor book. It's a semi memoir. It's very gossipy, and it has a bit of philosophy in it too. Oddly, it has a search for family and a philosophy about life in it because I'm old. I can do that now. For those, to. Who, uh, for those who are listening on Spotify, for those who are watching on YouTube, it's a yeah. the book on the cover is, of course, with... Is it is it you on the cover? It must be you on the it cover. It is me on the cover with... With, with, with uh, his pants down, quite literally. With tasteful. Caught with my yeah. pants down and other tales for life in Hollywood. All the proceeds, my proceeds from the book, going to three charities, including one for Ukrainian refugees, um, one for underprivileged kids in the US, one for underprivileged kids in South London, the Palace for Life Foundation. Uh, so yeah, all the money goes to charity. Uh, it, people seem to be loving it, football people particularly. Um, there's a lot of football in there as well. Uh, so yeah, go out and buy it. I don't think you'll be disappointed. It's a fun, easy beach read. And if you don't go to the beach, just read it at home or on the train. <laughs> Amazing. Read it wherever, yeah. wherever you fancy. Yeah. That is well, there we superb. are. That's light, re so much light reading, lots us. of gossip. And I'll tell you who is the biggest four asterisk word in Hollywood. There's a chapter. Oh, really? I reveal, I say I've worked with 10 A-listers, nine I loved, one was a four asterisk word, and you can fill in the <laughs> blanks and see you next Tuesday. And there, um, there. <laughs> so there you go. And and that I reveal that. So there you go. There's only one way to find out. Jim, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Really, really um, enjoyed. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're back next week. We're not quite sure. Who knows? Was. We Who never knows? know. We, we never you know. know. We, we go where the wind takes us out, don't we? You know? Exactly. Whatever. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Enjoy your Easter weekend. Uh, Ta-ra. Bye. Take care.